intro music. Just if it's in it. Is that something you guys would want? Me to like nail down an intro song, intro thing, same thing every time. Is that something you guys would want? I I, I thought about it, but I'm like, man, that's just extra work. But I'll do it if if you guys think that'd be cool or it would it would uh i don't know see help the podcast seem more professional whatever i mean i can work on it so what do y'all think i've been mulling around the idea let me know in the in the podbean app uh what's up guys welcome to another episode of the just evanson podcast this will be a truck cast edition i think it's like six or seven i don't remember um Got a couple things, a couple updates, a couple announcements of upcoming shows. Uh, as I always say, my excuse, uh, life has been busy. It is. Um, but let's see. The next the next episode or two, and I don't know what order because you'll understand in a second. So as of right now, weather dependent. I will be fishing the Big Rock Tournament with uh, Jeff on his boat, Captain Captain Jeff, and uh, Josh Coons of Patriot Valley Arms. He'll be on the boat with us. So we're, we're going after uh, that $1.2 million. Uh, the Big Rock Tournament is the, if I'm not mistaken, it is the largest, like the biggest billfish tournament on the East Coast. Um, so what you do is you pay to enter into different, uh, we'll go, me and Jeff, we'll get into this more. Um, but you pay to get into different categories, classes, if you will, to where you are, um, you know, you're entered in to win that classes, that categories money, right? The purse for that category. So, obviously, the more categories that you're in, the more expensive it is to fish it. Well, we're fishing basically every category. It's going to be pretty fucking expensive. But um, we're, we're fishing because, you know, last year's winner would have won $1.2 million. Actually, he would have won more than that because he had the biggest... And he had the first fish. See, the Fabulous Fisherman is one of the categories where it is the first marlin killed, blue marlin, killed over 500 pounds. So, day one, I kill one that's 501 pounds. And two hours later, someone kills one that's 900 pounds. I win the Fabulous Fisherman. If I'm signed up for it, that person would win largest blue marlin. But if the second guy who caught the 900 pound marlin, had he caught his first, he would have won both the fabulous fisherman and largest marlin. That's just more money. Um, The team that won that last year would have won the fabulous fisherman, but they weren't entered in it. So they didn't get the big, big money. Um, And they were, it was a funny story. They were on a 35-foot contender, center console. 
they nobody on the boat had ever seen a, a blue marlin. Like they've never caught one. They've never seen one like in person on a boat. But yet somehow they they won it. But uh, we're gonna be on a 36 foot yellowfin. So the plan is now is for us to fish it. And we got a few folks, so it's probably gonna be about six, maybe seven head on the boat. Um, and uh, ho hopefully to win it. So I will be going to Ocracoke Island, which is where Jeff's uh, like vacation rental home is. It's a small island that was all houses and boats and stuff. And it, it's really cool to fish out of there instead of out of where everyone, most people fish out of, which would be uh, Beaufort or Moorhead, North Carolina. Because we've only got an hour boat ride, weather permitting, an hour boat ride to where we're going to fish as opposed to a three-hour boat ride. Um, so that's cool. But um, right now the weather looks pretty fucking shitty. Um, and given it's a 36-foot boat, it is, um, we need normal to better than normal weather. The bigger the boat, the, the worse weather, wind, waves, conditions you can fish in. Um, we're in the S oh, a baller-ass boat. I mean, this is a, a 36-foot yellowfin has been like one of my dream boats since I was very, very young. Um, but compared to a 64-foot sport fisher of whatever type, um, you know, it's it's a far cry from that. They can kind of go out there when they want to, no matter the weather to an extent, but it's obviously the, their threshold is much greater than ours when it comes to conditions. Right now, the conditions look like absolute dog shit. I had lunch with Jeff yesterday and he read the report to me and I think it's Monday and Tuesday. The tournament starts Monday. We have to have our money paid and in, in, you know, our entry paid by Saturday. So we're gonna we're gonna hold tight until the last minute to make a call based off the forecast. But right now it's calling for a, Monday and Tuesday, I think, but I know Tuesday specifically is calling for eight foot seas in seven second intervals. That is a bad day no matter what boat you're on. Even more so a bad day for a 36 foot center console. Period. Um, so we're we're hoping we're hoping we're gonna fish it. Uh, if not, then there's always next year. But uh, let's see. Um, assuming we do fish it, I'm headed to Ocracoke. It'll be about a four-hour trip for me because of a two-hour-long ferry ride. Um, it, I'm headed there Sunday. So my goal is to maybe Sunday night sit down with Jeff and Josh and do a podcast. Um, obviously, we're going to talk rifles, guns, shooting, um, but fishing as well and whatever else. We're going to be drinking cold beers and smoking cigars and talking shit. So that's that's the plan for now. Uh, weather dependent. If it if you know by Saturday morning, Jeff has to drive from Ocracoke, take the ferry back to go over to Moorhead and go in, turn the money in and pay the registration fee if it looks like it does right now then we're 
yeah, chances are we're not going to fish it. I mean, there's no sense in paying $30,000 to go get your ass beat by waves every day or significantly decrease your chances of winning the money. I mean, it is a bucket list type thing is fishing the big rock if you're not balling because then you can fish it every year if you're balling. But we're not balling. So this will be our first big rock. CL is captaining his the boat that he's a captain of, um, the Heels and Reels. I'm actually wearing my Heels and Reels t-shirt right now. Um, and it's a smaller sport fisher, but um, obviously could probably take better weather than the con center console can but even they it's i think 40 i think it's 48 feet i mean it's a smaller size sport fisher now his boss just bought another boat it's a 60 something footer um that's getting tons and tons of work done to it um to get it ready for next year but it will not be ready this year so he'll be on that and if the wet the weather the way the weather is looking right now i mean even CL said that they might not fish it. Now, his boss is balling. His boss, the owner of his boat, is a very wealthy man. Um, so they can kind of do this, you know, all willy-nilly at their own leisure and stuff like that. It's uh, peanuts to them. But for us, we're scraping. I mean, I literally, after the Big Rock last year, me and Jeff talked about it and Josh, we're fishing the Big Rock next year. So since then, I've been scrolling away money here and there to, to get up my share for the tournament. So I did so, and uh, it's an investment. Now, you can look at it as it's not a good investment because what are the chances of us winning versus, you know, maybe somebody else or anybody else. But uh, it's also a thing you pay to be able to say you did, right? I mean, kind of like someone climbing Mount Everest. Do you make any money off of completing that climb? Probably not. I don't know who would pay you money because you did that, but it costs average from what I've been, what I remember being told, it costs an average of about a hundred thousand dollars for somebody to climb Mount Everest. Now, is that a good investment? I do not think so, but it's one of those things that you can say you did. This is not climbing Mount Everest, but if you're a fisherman and you like to fish then fishing the big rock, at least here on the East coast, um, it's, it's one of those things that you want to do. Michael Jordan fishes it most times, uh, most years. Um, his boat is retarded. It's so big and so nice. Um, it's like an 82 or 80, it's 80 something plus foot Viking. It is a gangster ass boat with an 18 foot beam. That is a ginormous yacht. So, um, but that's, that's where the plans are. So more than likely, if we do fish a tournament, that will be my next episode. If not, I'll get together with Jeff and CL and finally be able, it's been really busy. Jeff's been really busy. CL's been busy. I've been busy. We need to get together. I'm going to have them over at the house and we're going to record a podcast doing a recap of their team match that they won at Pig River a few weeks ago. Um, and then also speaking of Pig River, the, the then next episode will be, um, I'm going to have Josh Bandy on. I talked to Josh Bandy last week. Um, they just had the uh, ham match at Pig River. Um, awesome match. The course of fire looked kick-ass. Um, if I wasn't fishing the Big Rock or planning to fish the Big Rock 
this coming up week. Um, and also, Jax had his first jiu-jitsu tournament last weekend. I'll get into that here in a minute. I would have shot the ham match. In fact, Phil Vallejo hit me up earlier this year, talked about coming down and going up to Virginia, flying over, going up to Virginia with me, and we shoot together, but it just didn't happen. I think he's – I know Phil didn't even make it, but it just didn't work out for either one of us. This year, I pl- I'm definitely planning on shooting it next year because it's – I shot it last year. It was fun. That was the, the match that I about fucking died in with heat exhaustion. Um, I will be much more prepared next year. Um, you know, it's a D-Day themed match given the weekend. It was the weekend before D-Day. Um, and, uh, it was really cool. He had some cool props, planes, uh, military jeeps. Um, next year, I think, well, we're going to get into that. We, me and Josh talked last week, uh, Josh Bandy, we talked last week about it. He wants to come on the podcast. I'm love to have him on um if you've been a listener to this podcast for any certain time you have heard me you know we're talking about match directors how impressive a match director josh is how good of a guy josh is uh i'm always jocking his dick here on the podcast he's, he's just a cool all-around dude with an amazing facility and uh, a real knack for throwing on just like legendary kick-ass matches so i'll have him on um after that, more than likely, he said he, he said he wants to come on, but he wants a week or two after the match to kind of chill out and then you know have a fresh mind when going to do it, going to do a recap of the match and how it went. Um, congratulations to Tucker Schmidt for winning it. He did very well, shot well all weekend, from what I saw. And a uh, few guys that I've either had on the podcast or have mentioned that are friends of mine, they um, they either did well or they didn't do so well day one, but then came back and made up a ton of ground for day two, which is super impressive. Um, but anyway, kudos to them. Let's see what we got on the agenda for today's truck cast. Boom, boom, boom. Go to my notes. Uh, speaking of D-Day. Our wonderful commander-in-chief had nothing to say. I don't even have this written down, but it just reminded me of it. He had nothing to say about D-Day except for how brave young transgender folks are for coming out. The bravery, the courage. They're just couraging up all bravery all over the place. They're so brave. Um, Brian Williams from MSNBC had the fucking balls to liken Antifa to the fucking troops, the heroes of D-Day. The ones who jumped off of Higgins' boats to storm the beaches of Normandy, a foreign country, knowing that there's a greater chance that they die than survive. People were dead before they got off the boats. But yet we still persevered, pushed on, and took that beach and overran machine gun nests mines, serpentine wire, everything that, that, that the Germans could the Germans could throw at us. We persevered, pushed through, and fucked them in the ass. That's what we did. He wants to liken the to the Lincoln project that Antifa are modern day Normandy vets because they are anti fascist. You know, the only people of World War II that I can liken Antifa to are the Russian communists 
Yep. That's the only one. That's the only people that I can liken them to because they're they're not likened to anybody else other than Russian communists. So they're all Stalinites, and they they don't even deserve to be in the same conversation as D-Day. They're fucking terrorists. They're communist terrorists, and yet we our mainstream media here want to paint them as some kind of fucking modern day heroes that is disgusting disgusting to me so Brian Williams can go suck start a fucking Glock oh I give a shit damn fuck nugget um let's see what we want to get into alright we lost a great one in the precision rifle community in Kelly McMillan um, he is a, he, he was a giant in our industry. Brittany is a good friend of mine. Brittany, if you're listening to this, my, you know, deepest condolences because, you know, your dad was a good man and he did a fine job of raising you. Um, I mean, not just for the precision rifle community, but to the U S military as well with the McMillan tac 50. Um, you know, he just, he was a staple in precision rifle. I mean, for what McMillan did for the community, as far as sponsoring matches for sponsoring shooters for, you know, continuously in innovating the, the rifle stock and, um, just, you know, financial support, um, his knowledge, his knowledge base. Um, he had a podcast for a while. I listened to it back when he was doing it. Um, he was a giant and we lost him too soon. As I understand, it was unexpected. And, um, you know, my, my deepest condolences and thoughts and prayers go to the McMillan family and, and, and the McMillan company. Cause I'm sure I've never been there, but I can imagine that everyone who worked for him felt like family to him and, and he today as well. So the, we've all, we all lost somebody last week. So my, my thoughts are prayers go out to them. So uh, if you recall, if you recall in probably a, uh, an episode or two on of my podcast, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it, but I know if you listen to the modern day, my, my episode on the modern day sniper um, that I did what, last week or week before last, whenever it was, well, I had a blast doing it. Phil and Kaylin are so much fun to talk to. Um, anyway, I had mentioned, we were talking about police, um, you know, LEO sniper billets or, and I, and then I kind of just jumped into law enforcement training as a whole. Um, I mentioned how I feel strongly that if you want real police reform, if you want police to go, to get away from going straight to the bat belt, you know, whether it be taser, you're obviously the gun, any tool like that. Give them a tool of of legitimate de-escalation, which would be jiu-jitsu. Well, I'm trying to remember, and I, I've said that, I've said it for a long time. Cops need to be at least blue belts in jiu-jitsu. Blue belt is when you've got a really good handle on the basics of jiu-jitsu. You're nowhere near a black belt, but you're also nowhere near a white belt either. It's a good, it's, it's pretty damn attainable. I think every cop should do the amount of training that equates to a blue belt. 
Well, I forgot where it was, what state or city they're they're want they're they're trying to put forth legislation to require police to get their blue belts in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That is wonderful. Because if my son, Jackson, when he is 19, 20, 21 years old, and he's at a party or a bar or anywhere else, and let's say he's intoxicated and is acting stupid or doing something stupid, I would much rather a cop choke him unconscious and throw him in cuffs and he wake up, what the fuck happened? I'm in the back of a cop car. Well, I fucked up. I'd rather that than rather my drunk ass son do something stupid, make a cop feel so insecure and scared to where they feel the need, the legitimate fear for their life and shoot and kill my son. Wouldn't everybody agree with that? Wouldn't everybody, no matter your view on cops and defund the police or fund the, you know, greatly fund the police or back the blue or you hate fucking cops, no matter if what you really want, and this is where the the line is drawn, this is where the rubber meets the road. If you really want change, effective change to prevent people from losing their lives at the hands of police officers. One, quit being a fucking retard and doing stupid shit. But two, wouldn't you like the cops to have a less than lethal option? Because tasers don't always work. They don't always work. Sometimes cops can get overpowered and have their their asps or their their batons taken from them. Sometimes uh, OC spray can um, can De- mess up the cop. Sometimes they get in their eyes, and now they're both fighting blind. Wouldn't if you if your goal is for people, whether they're black, white, purple, green, whoever people, whatever group of people, to to not be shot by cops. Wouldn't you like them to have an option that they will be fine when it's over with? I, I believe so. If if you don't. Then, then that is not your end goal. That is not the basis of your frustration with today's uh, police practices. No, you want lawlessness. If that's if if you are against that, you want you're using the deaths of some, deserving or not. Uh, you're using the deaths of some to push a completely different agenda. You're standing on their graves in hopes of pushing some type of agenda of no law enforcement at all. Or at bare minimum, a law enforcement that is so weak that it can't do its job of enforcing said law. So I don't want to hear that, no, that's not good enough. That's not going to help anything. No, this 100% will help something. Not every case. If the other person has a gun or a knife, if and I, and I say I'm a cop, and let's say I'm a fucking black belt in jiu-jitsu, I'm not using jiu-jitsu at that point. No, I'm going to pull a... I'm going to meet or exceed the level of threat. Now, 
If there's no fire, if it's just resisting, if it's just, you know, a dude want to square up, want to fight, yes, absolutely, jujitsu will take care of that problem, period. I see it every week because we have a metric fuck ton of cops at my academy. And guess what? All the cops that I roll with, they're all good at jiu-jitsu, okay? Even the ones that are the same uh, belt rank as I am. OP, this is to you, buddy. Um, he's a killer. I mean, he's he got a lot to learn, but he's a killer. He's got that instinct. He's got that physical ability, that, that uh, aggression needed, um, the confidence needed. He has all that. The other guys or blue belts and up, they're all fucking killers. Like, they they wipe my ass, wipe the floor of my ass every week. Um, so, yes, it fucking works, okay? Um, and that, to me, is effective change that, you know, you can't get that by defunding the police. No, you have to fund that. That is not free. Unless you have a black belt or close on every department that does that training for the department, as his job, then no, you're going to have to pay them to go to academies um, and pay the academies to train them. That's what, but if you want effective change, look at that. So kudos to whatever community, city, state, municipality that is uh, pushing that because I think that I think it could snowball from there and kind of catch on and other other agencies and departments are going to look at implement the same thing. Great. Great all around. Great for all involved. Great for the department, great for the cop, and also great for the next asshole that is, you know, supposed to be getting arrested. Great for him because he might get choked out, he might get a, a shoulder lock to where now they can get their hands uh, their hands together behind their back and get cuffs on them. Yeah, now we can do that. Uh, George Floyd probably could have been subdued much easier had jiu-jitsu been implemented there. But no, instead, Derek Chauvin did what he was instructed to do by his department's SOP by putting a fucking knee on his neck. Um, bad move, bad idea, bad policy. No, let's. there's way better options to that. Like, I'm nothing. I'm a two-stripe black be- uh, white belt and I and George Floyd is much bigger than me in that situation, especially him handcuffed. Oh, I could have. I have zero problem saying that I could have taken care of that much easier than four cops on his neck and back and legs. Okay, it's it's is easy to do. It's not hard. And no, it's not. Well, you you talking tough? Like no, no, no. It's really not hard. With just really one week's worth of knowledge in jujitsu for that specific uh, scenario. Oh, they could have handled that so easy. One person could have handled that. So, um, yeah, like I said, kudos to that department. Um, let's see. Uh, Jax's tournament. Jax did great. Um, his first tournament, he got a first place. He was in different divisions. He got a first place, and he got two third places. One with uh, a, um, a triangle arm bar. He didn't get the triangle choke, but um, he had he had his legs in the triangle configuration and he got the arm instead um of course i was hel- i was refing matches um or helping ref matches and i did get to see that but i didn't get to see all of his um matches other than having to watch my phone afterwards um 
I was the proudest dad in the room by far. Not because of how, you know, I was proud of his jiu-jitsu, of course, but I was more proud that of his attitude and his sportsmanship when he won and when he lost. Every time, whether win or lose, whenever Jax was done, whenever they were done, uh, Jax shook their hands and hugged his opponent and ran back over to the line to sit down and was happy, was happy to be there. And him doing that, him displaying that uh, sportsmanship and attitude to winning and to losing. If you didn't watch the match and you didn't see a hand get raised, if you're just watching Jax's demeanor, you wouldn't know if he won or lost. And that that's my goal. Like That's the goal, right? Is to be pretty stoic when you win and be congratulatory, if that's the word. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Um, when, when you lose and he was, he was that way. He didn't over celebrate when he win, when he won to, to make his opponent an, a, a, another five or six year old. Um, you know, he didn't, he didn't do that. He was happy for whoever beat him and was also very gracious in victory. And I, that's something to teach at a young age. And no, no matter the sport, whether it be jiu-jitsu, wrestling, baseball, soccer, shooting, whatever. Whatever the sport. That, that same, or life, uh, a job, right? You got the promotion or you didn't get it. And then your counterpart did or did not. That, that carries on. And no one likes to see that winner that gloats in the face of the person they just defeated or no one equally likes the person who cries and throws a fit and, and slams her fist on the mat or gives an excuse or isn't does not lose with with grace and pride. Um, and I, I'm telling you, I was I, I was tickled absolute pink of how he handled himself and the situation he was in. He was aggressive. Let me tell you something. He was so aggressive. He would just would just dive in for those grips and just, I mean, whether he ended up on top or not, it didn't matter. His that that will come, um, and he cannot wait for his next one. And I'm signed. I signed him up yesterday for a. You know, mind you, that was an in-house tournament, which is the perfect first tournament, right? He gets the the feel of what a tournament is like and the competition is like, but it's not the the lights and the big crowd of you know, people from all over, low pressure, stuff like that. His next tournament is uh, August 28th at the Greenville Convention Center. Now, that's the CXBJJ um, uh, promotion. And, I mean, it's an adult and kids tournament. And uh, there's going to be kids from all over the state and maybe other states to come compete in that. And, I mean, he's going to have his work cut out for him. I mean, he's very talented at jiu-jitsu for his size and age and the amount of time he's been doing it. Um, but, you know, there, there's going to be better kids and than some not as good as him. So, you know, he's going to meet competition. But I was like, Jax, do you want me to sign you up for this tournament? He said, heck yeah, Dad. So he was super, he's super boosted about it. I mean, when you bring that tournament up, the next tournament, when you bring it up to him in conversation, his face lights up. He can't wait. And I personally can't wait because I'm not going to have to ref. I'm I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be able to watch, and uh, and help coach, 
Um, I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. I'm, 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 I can't wait for it. I'm ready for the end of August to already get here. He'll have just turned six uh, August 4th, and uh, um, I, I can't wait. It's, it's going to be exciting. Win or lose, I don't care. It's, he's competing. He's enjoying it. He loves it. I've made it very clear to him I don't want you to do jiu-jitsu for me. I want you to do it because you love it. I want you to do it for your whole life. I want you to get your black belt. I want you to compete on the biggest of stages of jiu-jitsu, um, but I don't want you to do jiu-jitsu at all if it's for me. I want you to do it because you love it. He, and I believe even at five and a half years old, he's grasped that concept, which I'm pretty pleased about. Um, all right, uh, enough of jiu-jitsu. Let's see. Um, all right, so also if you listen to my episode on the Modern Day Sniper, I had mentioned something that I've, mulled over for a while and I have no details of anything because I don't my brain don't work that way I just dream up a big dream and I fit, let other people figure out how to make it happen um I've, I've been wanting to do like a podcast match to where not just for me because I don't think I'm important enough to even fill the match but uh all of us in the precision rifle community with podcast um to it be a, a hub of all of us come together and put on a match for you guys, and then we shoot the match with you guys. So I brought that up, and uh, Phil and Caitlin loved the idea, and uh, Jacob Bynum I, uh, was was listening, and he called me up a couple of days later, right before he was going to record an episode on his podcast, because I brought up, I said, you know, my podcast, the Monday Sniper, the Everyday Sniper. Uh, rifles only podcast in the whatever other ones want to get involved um i think that would be so kick-ass and then jacob heard that and you know jacob being jacob he's the guy to take a big idea obviously you see the what's going on with the uh um assassin's way match i mean he there's so much logistics went into that and uh, COVID just kind of fucked that up um but uh He's the guy to take the big dream and do the logistics and make it all happen, right? So that's perfect that he heard that, and he's excited about it. He called me and said, hey, look, I'm about to do a podcast. I want to know more details about this podcast match that you want to do. I said, well, you just about heard all the details that I have on it. I said, this is just something I've cooked up and then thought about doing or wanted to do. And he said, I love it. Let's do the rifles only. He said, uh, Kalen and Phil are going to be down here in December. I can't remember the dates. But they're going to be down here in December anyway. We can do that then, like around the time that they're there. They just maybe they're they stay a week instead of four or five days or whatever, um, and then we do it then. And so it would be like all of us host a podcast. We jump around from squad to squad, just shooting with all the different squads. Like you, you know, you're on stage two. You're shooting with me. And then I moved to stage, you know, nine. And then when you move to stage three, uh, Frank Galley comes and shoots on your squad, right? Just to give us time, get everybody to do, just to have fun, to connect, meet and greet type thing, cook pigs, drink beers, um, tell lies, do whatever, you know, that some things that I think would be fun. I would love to be able to connect better with the listeners um, you guys, I mean, I do get to see a lot of you at matches and I have people come up to me at matches and say, Hey, they're a listener or whatever. And I love it. And so I would love to be able to do that. They feel the same exact way. 
they would they would all love to do that. So I think I mean he mentioned it on the podcast and he wants to do it. So if you want to go to the Modern Day Sniper and listen to my episode with them if you haven't already, then go to the um, Rifles Only Accuracy podcast. Uh, it's I believe it was their latest episode, and uh, and and give that a listen. I think it's towards the tail end of the episode um, uh, that Jacob brings it up and goes into more detail about it. But I think that'd be a kick-ass idea. So uh, let me know what you guys think. If you'd be interested in shooting that thing, hit it up in the uh, Podbean app in the comments. Don't forget to rate the podcast if you would on iTunes or wherever you're listening that has the function of rating a podcast or commenting. Um, I know Spotify, I don't think Spotify you can, I don't think you can comment and you might not be able to rate podcasts on there, but I know iTunes you can and I know Podbean you can as well, obviously. So if you guys would hit that up and I'm going to be, uh, like I said, trying to get the next episode going with, uh, uh, Jeff Tripp, Captain Jeff, and with Josh Coons from Patriot Valley Arms before we go, either before we go fishing for day one or, you know, after day one, something like that. Um, either way, if we have that turn, if we fish that tournament, turn, tournament, same tournament, tournament this week, uh, you will get a podcast out of it. So I'm taking my laptop and my mic and everything, and we're going to, we're going to record, um, I've got a lot of good feedback from the episode with uh, Professor Heath Chapman of East Carolina Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, my professor at my academy. Um, it was fun having him on. He was really excited to do it and loved it when we were done. Um, he's uh, excited about doing part two. And, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate all the support, guys. Anyway, as always, don't forget to download. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to comment. Um, and I will... Uh, be talking back at you guys hopefully this coming up weekend. Peace.